Hi, my name is Abhik Srinivas, and this is Arnav Rastogi. And together we are co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. It's week 18, this time of the year, where it's, it's go big or go home, end of the season. Teams are playing for their shot, their last chance at making it into the playoffs. We've got a lot to uncover, but before that, we do need to just send our prayers out to Damar Hamlin and that unfortunate injury that we witnessed earlier today. There's just there's not a lot of words for what happened. Just I, I just hope we hear we hear good news soon, man. Yeah, it was it was a very scary sight to see, especially see live. And I just I just, I just my thoughts and prayers are with his family. I just hope that he's okay after uh, what what people are saying was a cardiac arrest on the field. That is, it's it's really uncharted waters for everybody. I, I've never seen anything like it. It was just really scary the situation all around. So just hoping for any positive news. But once again, thoughts and prayers are with him. Yeah. Um. With that being said, right, trying to look ahead to week eighteen. There's a lot of playoff implications on the line. I think uh, a good place to start would be the Jaguars and Titans on Saturday night. That's a winner-take-all situation for the division AFC South. What, what are you seeing here, Arnold? I mean, I see a Jags team that's on a four-game win streak and is really improved as time is going on. And and they're really peaking at the right time, right? You look, you get Trevor Lawrence and how comfortable he looks. I want to point out Travis Etienne, who's been ridiculous. This Texans game, man, nine carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown. That's just incredible. This Jags offense as a whole is, is peaking at the right moment. And it's really about seizing control in this game, which I think they will, especially when I look on the other side, you have Josh Dobbs. No discredit to him, but you know this is his second week in the organization, second week as a starter. So I just think the experience on either side will show especially with, you know, you've got Doug Peterson, a veteran leader who's been there and done that type of thing. So I really expect the Jaguars to win. I think it's their game to lose 100%. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. You know, we, the Jaguars are a team that we've both kind of been high on. And it's a tale of two teams right here where one is trending absolutely in the right direction and Titans are not so much. And I, I find it very hard to see a possible outcome in which the Titans come out with this one. Looking down in, into the hunt for the seventh seed now, the Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers are all there. And really, Patriots are in the driver's seat. They have the seventh seed. But if any two teams lose, whichever one that wins gets in, if all three teams lose, then the Patriots get in by virtue. So what do we see happening? Because realistically, all three of these teams can lose here. Yeah, and I think the best way for us to break this down would be trying to take this like one matchup at a time right you've got the patriots taking on the bills and when the bills are at their full strength we definitely expect the bills to take care of the patriots there the dolphins do have the jets but with your quarterbacks injured both of your quarterbacks now down to your third quarterback Skylar thompson no knock on Skylar thompson but he hasn't been in these kind of moments week 18 maybe he shows out but i think before before we get to the steelers one thing i do want to touch on is Miami does have the roster that can support a quarterback like Skylar Thompson. If you kind of just get a master class, you know, play calling. Coaching performance. Right. Mike McDaniels. And I just have a feeling like it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world for me to see Miami find a way to win this one, especially because of the fact that 
they're on like a five game skid right now. Like you got to go get this one. You know what I'm saying? I feel that. And then the last team here, the Steelers, uh, who are on a three game win streak. And Kenny Pickett surprisingly played well. Uh, he had the go ahead touchdown against the Ravens to Najee Harris in the left corner of the end zone. I mean, their team, they're, they're having to play the Browns and, and Deshaun Watson in that offense, who's putting it together. I mean, Deshaun threw for three touchdowns against the Commanders. Nick Chubb, another 100-yard rushing performance. So it's going to be no stroll in the park for the Steelers if they want to make it in here. Yeah, and honestly, I've been very impressed with what the Steelers have been doing. You know, I saw that stat that Kenny Pickett has put up the most fourth quarter comebacks by rookie quarterbacks since Gardner Minshew or I think we kind of forget the rookie season Gardner Minshew had but like what is your take like is how, how do you feel about the Kenny Pickett Steelers right now do they feel like a playoff team to you they feel like a step away to me I think especially in that O-line I think it's going to be a problem and I think it's going to be a problem against the Browns right when you have Miles Garrett coming after you it's 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 going to be an issue so I think the Steelers are still a step away but they continue to shock me. And I, in all honesty, they have risen to the occasion, especially in the biggest games, right? And they put together this uh, three-game win streak at the perfect moment to put themselves in playoff position. I can't really bet against the Steelers here. Kenny Pickett has played really good football. He's playing good enough football to, to keep the Steelers' offense in these games. And if I'm being honest, I foresee them clinching that seven seed. But once again, in a wild NFL, anything can happen. I don't know. See, that it's tough for me because, like, deep down, Miami feels like they've got to be a playoff team, right? The season they've had. But then you look at what's transpired over the last four to five weeks, and it, it's it's not always what you you are at your best, but what you have shown, like, in the recent past. And the Steelers, on that note, have shown a lot. But I'm looking at the schedule, man, right? Your wins against Baltimore with a back quarterback, Las Vegas, an absolute dumpster fire right now, Carolina. I don't know. I just find it really hard to buy the Steelers as a playoff team. And So, so who do you think is going to get that seven seed? I know they're on their third quarterback, but I'm, lean, I'm leaning Miami right now. I really Leaning am. Miami. I, here's, here's what I'll say. Who do you trust the most? And that's how I looked at it. Do I trust Miami with a third-string quarterback? Do I trust the Patriots against the Bills? And the answer to that is no. And I'd probably put most of my trust into that Steelers team, which has looked really good in this past three-game win streak. So We'll see. It should be interesting, but that's crazy, man. The Pittsburgh Steelers making the playoffs after all of that and yeah. Mike Tomlin putting up another like winning season. That, that He's, inevitable. Be... <laughs> He's inevitable. All right. Let, let's, let's take a look here to the NFC and – with week 17, there's been a lot of shakeup here, and we're looking at three teams here, the Seattle Seahawks, Detroit Lions, and Green Bay Packers, all at a knot, a three-way knot, at 8-8, eight and eight, fighting for that last playoff spot. What, do you, what are you seeing here, Arnav? Yeah, let's break it down, what, what could transpire. So the Seahawks win against the Rams uh, in the 425 slot. The Lions are immediately eliminated, and it then becomes if the Packers win, they get in. If they lose, the Seahawks get in. But if the Seahawks lose to the Rams in the 425 spot, the Lions-Packers game becomes win and get in. I do see the Seahawks beating a, a Rams team, which isn't playing at full strength. And, you know, with Geno and, and that offense, I don't, I don't see any problems there. So I think the question really is, 
Do you think the Packers are going to take care of business in Lambeau? Do, 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 do you think they, they're just going to take care of the Lions and Aaron Rodgers is going to make another playoffs? Yeah, here, here's what I'm thinking, right? And and I've been burnt before in the past for doing this, but I, I've always been a guy that sides with teams at home, right? Like good teams at home. And a lot of times when it doesn't work out, it's because you associate Lambeau being a place like, oh, no one can go in there and win. But you kind of forget the fact that the Packers have been a very inconsistent football team. But in the recent past, we've seen, when I say recent past, I'm talking about like the last three weeks, the Packers have been playing good football. And you, you could make the case that they have benefited greatly from opponents playing really poor football. Specifically, I'm thinking about the fourth quarter against the Dolphins and just what, what happened against the Vikings, right? A lot of bad. And perhaps even you could say some fluky stuff like two return touchdowns to kind of change the whole momentum of the game. So I'm kind of struggling with the question of have the Packers been dominant in the last three weeks or have they been kind of lucky-ish, question mark, right? Because it's that, that that's one part of the question. But here's the other thing also. like The Lions home, in a way, are like two completely different organizations, right? At home, <laughs> they're tearing people up. At home, they're laying duds. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I'm leaning Packers. So I guess I just want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I, I'm with the Packers here. And I think I'm leaning a little bit more to the Packers than you are. I think you're looking at two teams that put out 40 burgers at home last uh, week 17. So it's interesting to see, you know, how they each did it. The Lions did it purely offensively. Like their their defense didn't really do much. When they got the ball, they were just engineering drives. But I think what differentiated the Packers win to me was that defense made Kirk Cousins feel uncomfortable. They pressured him. They forced him into poor throws. Jerry Alexander was locked down on Justin Jefferson. And they got him to throw three picks on the road at Lambeau. And I think that's the difference for me. That is the difference maker is that that defense is able to make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable. I think they can easily get pressure and force Jared Goff into bad turnovers. I think if Jair is able to make Amon Ross St. Brown a non-factor in this game as well, it's kind of going to be hard for Jared Goff to turn around from his go-to target and try to distribute the ball elsewhere. So I think overall, I think the difference is which defense is going to make these offenses, which have been rolling uncomfortable. And I trust the Packers defense to uh, slow the Lions offense a little bit. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going with the Packers, but I guess I'm just a little wary of the fact of, you know, the Packers have, in recent history have sold, right? <laughs> in the, and this, this is a playoff game, right? Like, let's not get that twisted. This is a playoff game for the Packers. Yeah. I'm like, we'll see, but I don't know. I, I just I'll just put the Detroit Lions on my radar, like uh, maybe. But I guess the I, I think is, I think the only thing that could go wrong for the Packers is that if they mentally slip up, if mm-hmm. they look at it like, oh, this is the Lions team that we've played all along, right. rather than this is the improved Lions team that is fighting for the playoffs, and and you know this is win and get in type things. So mm-hmm. I think if the Packers do lose, I think the questions become, you know, who is leading this team mentally. Because you cannot, you cannot slip up like that, especially in this key of a situation when you haven't been your normal Packers team this year. Right. So this is, this is also a mental battle as well as a football battle. And I would even add, right, even if the Seahawks win and the Lions are eliminated by the time we get to this game, I would still think the Lions are playing 100% to win this game. Oh, man. Yeah. You look at Dan Campbell as a coach, if he has the opportunity to screw over a divisional <laughs> rival, and you know, end the season on a positive note with a winning record at nine and eight. I don't think he's gonna let up the chance to do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you know, it should be a fun one Sunday night. 
But there's also a lot of, a lot of um, other possibilities here in the NFC. And the first one stems from your Saints, Arnav. Last week beat my Eagles. You know, I'll, I'll give it to you. Unfortunately, that was not an effort you would have wished as the Buccaneers did end up winning, solidifying their division title. But, you know, you, you win some, you lose some, I guess. But for the Eagles, two straight losses, that first seed is hanging in the balance there. What, what are you seeing here? Man, you know, I just talked about a mental battle. It's going to be another mental battle. If you're looking at the Eagles and the Giants, this is for the Eagles, this is everything. To clinch a number one seed, to be the top dog in the NFC, to have the playoffs run through Philly, and to get another week of rest. And you're doing it against a Giants team whose playoff opponent is locked in. They don't have nothing to play for right now, except screwing over a divisional rival. I guess that that that's the position that the Lions might be in. So once again, I'm looking at two teams that are mentally in different places. And if the Gi- if the Giants go into Philly and beat the Eagles, I mean, the NFL world might go crazy. The NFC might go crazy because then we're going to have big switch-ups. But that's not what I expect out of the Eagles team. Savig, you could probably say it's better than me, but my expectation is that they maintain this one seed. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, the hope is that we get Jalen Hurts back. But, you know, even if we don't, this has been a really good football team, and it's got to find a way, right? Gardner Minshew has been up and down. I'm not going to defend his pick six, right? Like that lost the game. Let's not sugarcoat it. But he is a capable quarterback, and I fully expect if Jalen Hurts is not ready to go, Gardner Minshew, I expect you to go out there and win that football game for the Eagles. But for, for the sake of conversation here, because since there are a lot of interesting possibilities, and I'll be honest, like I would, cause in, in, in recent events of last two weeks, what has happened with the Eagles I honestly would not be surprised if we lost this game. And it's not its not me saying that the Giants are better than the Eagles, but it's just purely the fact that the Eagles have been sloppy. The well, circumstance. Maybe, maybe sloppy is not the best word because we were sloppy against the Saints, looked decent before turnovers. Anyways, I'm getting away from the point here, but the point is the Eagles have not been playing their best football and the Giants, a divisional rival. But let's assume for a second the Eagles do lose. That opens the door here to a world of possibilities, the first of which if the Cowboys win – against the, the commanders in week 18 they would win the nfc east thoughts on that 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 would be huge because now i think the cowboys would have the second seed by right mm-hmm. and if the 49ers i guess that that cardinals 49ers game would dictate a lot because the 49ers win they would get the one, one seed virtue of tiebreaker and i think nfc record but if the 49ers lose to the cardinals the cowboys would get the one seed so it's really a three-way race for, for this one seed and man these this one o'clock and 425 window for for each of these teams is so pivotal but that would be insane if the cowboys jumped from five to one and what's even more insane is that it's such a realistic possibility mm. so that that's what you're looking at here really if if the eagles lose and the cowboys win that 49ers cardinals game it dictates everything Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that just that it just opens a world of possibilities in terms of matchups. Who do you want? If you're the Eagles, you you lose to the Giants and and drop down to the five seed if the Cowboys win, but you get Jalen Hurts back and and you're playing the Buccaneers. So matchuping, looking at looking at who you're gonna play, it, this is gonna be really key when it comes down to these possibilities and and what could happen if teams lose. Yeah, and I think. The other thing also is like home field advantage, especially going through Philly like that. If the Eagles lose on Sunday, 
Like they they could damn well be losing a spot in the Super Bowl. Like that's just how bad it could be if they don't win this game. Yeah. Cause when you look at when you look at who would have home field advantage, right? Like currently the Buccaneers and you know, sunny Tampa, that's fine. The Bucks have lost at home. The Vikings in the dome. I don't think anyone's scared to play the Vikings. The 49ers, uh, you know, you gotta travel all the way to San Francisco. There's no daunting test. But you look at Philly, cold Philadelphia with those fans. You don't want to play there. Like Philly is one of the rare places where you have home field advantage. You have a true home field advantage. So that's big. That is everything. That opens up so many other teams to to try and represent the NFC, in my opinion. So so it's going to be huge. Another thing I would like to draw light to is assuming that Packers do get that seven seed. And if the Eagles lose and the Cowboys jump up to the second seed, man. Cowboys, Packers, and Arlington, Texas. And what happened last time Aaron Rodgers entered that building? We all know. Sent rookie Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott out the playoffs. So that would be big. That that would just be a big matchup to watch. And and I guess since we're doing these uh, potential previews, it, let's assume the Eagles do win. It stays as it is, and the Packers make it in. We're looking at the Packers, seven seed heading into San Francisco, the two seed. <laughs> We've seen that matchup a couple times. That's another matchup right there. That could be revenge. I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, I, no matter how you look at it, I think we're going to have some good playoff games ahead. But before that, I really do hope we can get some good news regarding DeMar Hamlin and his situation. And hopefully we could proceed with that, man. That's just, it's it's a scary situation. And I think, uh, you know, all the football we talked about, I think it's all on pause. It's all really in the back of our heads because, you know, a player's life is at risk right now and, and a life matters more than a game. So so we hope to get some good news out of that situation. Hopefully uh, DeMar Hamlin can get back on his feet and running and, and back to playing the game of football. With that being said, thank you for listening to the 97th episode of the Backfield Drift. Be sure to tune in next week where, can't believe I'm saying this, but we're going to be looking forward to the wild card game, hopefully. And uh, until then, it's been Arnav Rostogi and Sat Vichrinavas. Stay safe and take care.